you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ Bucky back with you. Buck, what's up, man? No, everything is good, man. No complaints. Just kind of hanging, just trying to move in through the, this offseason. It's crazy, DJ, because now that the calendar flipped, we're in the month of June. That means we're probably like two weeks away from the offseason program's ending and then really it's a fast month before we end the training camp and as you know training camp you got like 10 11 12 days you start scrimmaging practicing preseason games and then it is on and moving and before you know it, we're in the marathon all over again yeah looking forward to it one of my favorite things in training camp is uh is when you get these joint practices you know we've talked about that over the years how valuable that is it seems like more and more teams are doing it um you know and trying to figure out where we're going to go and visit during training camp i like trying to coordinate around some of those i know chargers 
Uh, they're going to have the Cowboys in there. So that I'm looking forward to getting out there and seeing some of that. Um, a lot of these teams getting together. So I'm looking forward to that portion uh, of the process as we kind of ramp up to the start of the season. Got a fun episode today. Going to talk about uh, pass rushers, edge rushers, and do a little draft. We did that the other day with teams, you know, that we'd want to mm-hmm. buy over the next five years. How about if we just said, uh, you know, hey, NFL pass rushers, we open up the entire field, we go back and forth and kind of build our little stable of pass rushers. We'll have a fun discussion with that. Um, but before we get there, Buck, I want to start off with uh, with the match. We saw that yesterday on TV. This is what the fifth or sixth time they've done this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the teams were, if you didn't see it, was Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, kind of the older vets against the young guns and Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Uh, Aaron Rodgers sinks a putt on the final hole, which was the twelfth hole, and they end up winning it. But man, it was it was pretty entertaining. I don't know if you got a chance to see any of that. Yeah, I did get a chance to see. I know um, Aaron Rodgers was very excited about winning the match. Um, I think what happens when you get those guys together, and let's just talk about um, four of the top quarterbacks in the game, and we can throw the other guys in there, but to have those guys there, young and old, I think what you get a chance to see in that environment, you see the competitiveness, you see how they go about um, doing their thing. I think you also get an opportunity to kind of see their superpowers in terms of not only like their talent, their confidence and self-belief, but you see how they interact with people. And mm-hmm. so much of quarterback, we always talk about, A, the talent and those things. But when you talk to coaches and we talk to scouts about the importance of why we go see guys live perform in games with scouting quarterbacks is the interactions and the conversations that you see them have with their teammates. I think we got a little sense of how these guys lead their respective units based on how they interacted with each other, the conversations and those things. Yeah, I want to I want to give you kind of four takeaways here, one per guy, because it was fun watching that. And I had, you know, kind of some thoughts going through my mind on each of the guys. So I want to kind of go through them one by one and get your thoughts on it as well. Let's start with Tom Brady. Um, one of the things that stood out to me is you could see Brady kind of when it got into some of those bigger moments down down the stretch, you could see him kind of dial in a little bit more. He became kind of more serious and more more yeah. focused, like that competitive nature in him uh-huh. uh, kind of came out a little bit. Um, the other thing that that stood out to me about Tom was, you know, Buck, is there a more like likable guy in the NFL? For somebody, a lot of times you think of likable, you think of fun-loving. He's not like that. Um, I, I think he's, he's likable, but he still has that incredible fire and, and kind of dog in him so to speak but he manages to kind of have that competitive edge to him but then comes across as an everyday dude which is incredible to think about with his accomplishments very incredible to think about uh you know it's funny he gets away from new england and he becomes the likable tom brady yeah right and part of that is the mystique and maybe the mystery that is everything new england they don't really let a lot out for public consumption and so now since tom has gone to the tampa buccaneers we're seeing him more out in the public. He has given the public more access to him. And what you now understand and what I understand, I believe is, oh, I see why this guy wins because he's so likable. I can see why teammates want to play for him. It also explains maybe sometimes when we see the sideline outburst because he's holding his guys to a, a high standard, you also can see that he can act out like that because he's putting money in the bank in terms of building the relationships that gives him the opportunity to, Hey, when I need to ramp it up and I need to kind of go hard at you, I can, because you know, and I know that we're on the good page and we have a good rapport beyond this outburst. 
I have a better sense of who he is as a leader, which I think is very important. Yeah, it was cool. You know, you get a chance to see them interact with each other. You get a little bit a better feel for the guys. You take the helmets off, too, which is, you know, one of the things in the NFL. Marketing dollars go to the NBA because you you see those mm-hmm. guys without helmets and you know who they are and they're recognizable. Um, I think that was kind of cool to see that. Uh, second, let's go Aaron Rodgers. Takeaways on Aaron Rodgers from watching that thing. Number one, he's clearly the best golfer of, the, of that mm-hmm. bunch. Not even close. Uh, number two, I remember a quarterback coach that I had in college used to always kind of use the same mantra over and over again like how smooth can you be how smooth can you be everything you do from your drop like we would show watch video of joe montana like going through his drop and it was like everything he did was just so smooth aaron Rodgers is just his golf swing is smooth the way he walks around the course like everything Mm -hmm. he does is just really really smooth and easy um the other thing about him you know seeing him in shorts and in a in a short sleeve shirt I don't think people realize how thick and strong and muscular he is. Like he is put together, like he is in phenomenal shape. And I think, you know, this kind of look like big wrists, big hands, big calves. Like he's, he might not be six, five, but that's a big dude. Yeah. And I think it, it, it also shows the evolution of his body from the time that we watched him when he was coming out of Cal, because he was kind of scrawny and skinny at Cal. He grows into this body. And when you play a long time in the league and when you listen to Aaron Rodgers of late, talk about the different things that he's done, to put his body in a situation where he can play at his best. Uh, last year, he talked a lot about yoga and flexibility and pliability. We've heard Tom Brady talk about those kinds of things for a while, but beginning to see it because the biggest thing when we talk about franchise quarterbacks is your franchise quarterback is supposed to be available for all 17. Yeah. Come hell or high water, the expectation is when you have a franchise quarterback, he does everything in his power to be there. And a lot of that work is done in the offseason. And you can tell that Aaron Rodgers has put in a lot of work on his body, on in his fitness and conditioning levels to make sure that he is able to play the marathon and be there and to be at his best at the end of the season. No doubt. Um, yeah, I think that was uh, uh, that was apparent when you watched just how he's put together. I was thinking of Zach Wilson, you know, somebody who put on a lot of weight during this offseason who was kind of loosely compared to Aaron Rodgers just with kind of how loose he is as a thrower and some of that mm-hmm. same smoothness that, that, that we're talking about. Uh, he tried to pack on some some weight as well. So interesting, uh, just looking at how he's put together. All right, let's go Mahomes. Uh, takeaways on Mahomes. Look, I've watched the, uh, uh, what is it, the AT&T uh, match that they do or the tournament mm-hmm. that they do up at Pebble Beach every year with all the celebrities. And I watched that last year casually. I might have dialed in watching every shot, but I kind of watched it casually. And I remember watching thinking, man, Patrick Mahomes is not a great golfer. Like he's for – you know, mm-hmm. he's a baseball player, obviously, you know, with his dad and then is a phenomenal quarterback. Usually that translates to somebody who's a great golfer. And he, I thought, he's just okay. Then I watch him in this thing yesterday. The improvement that he made as a golfer from the last time I saw him to this time was like night and day. He carried he carried Josh and, uh, and had them in it all the way to the end. He played out of his mind. And I thought it kind of gives you a little bit of an insight to him of, like the similarities between football, maybe coming out being a little bit raw, but then then devoting himself to the fundamentals and then dialing that in, and then the talent just explodes. I'm like, that son of a gun did the same thing with his golf game. Yeah, now DJ, I think what it is is like, look, how you do anything is how you do everything. And so the way that you perceived him to be as a golfer, he also looked at himself and the prideful person that he is, because look, all these guys are A-level competitors. A-level competitors are not going to give you another opportunity to poke holes in their game. Yeah. And so he may act like he wasn't doing work and, oh, I don't, you know, I don't care. This is just. Oh, I bet you he'd been playing a lot of golf. He has to have been playing a lot of golf. There is no way he was going to let the world see him again 
and he is going to be the same person that we saw last time when we can talk about snickering at his game and those things. I think the other thing for him, and I think it's actually a good thing when it comes to golfing, I think his golf game is a lot like his football game, where when he came in, he was you talk about raw and unrefined, but very loose and creative, which is great because he's a natural talent. The thing is, to be a consistent, high-level winner and achiever, you have to kind of master the fundamentals and you have to kind of do the boring part of playing the position. And as Patrick Mahomes begins to do that, that's when I think his game can go from being like, hey, man, he is maybe the best quarterback of the moment to being what we talk about an all-time great. Because if he gets the patience and the discipline where he's like, oh, you're going to play me this way? I'll adapt and not maybe I'll play more small ball. Oh, you can be really tight on the guys? Now we play long ball. If he adds that to his game, when he had an opportunity to just really go next level. And in looking at him play golf, I think you see that he has that ability, that mental capacity to restrain himself and play a little more disciplined and detailed brand of golf, which you would think you would be able to do playing football. No doubt. Um, it was it was crazy just to see the difference and how quickly he's made those adjustments and turned himself into a good golfer. Lastly, Josh Allen, uh, takeaways, first of all, Buck, and we've been around him, so we've seen it. He's enormous. Like, you know, Tom Brady's tall. He's, you know, they're both 6'5", but the difference in how broad he was compared to Brady and just how thick – he is huge. Um, you can see that with him next to those other three guys. That was the first thing that stood out. The second thing I'll say, again, totally likable. Buck, he comes across as just as just a humble, good dude. They were ribbing him, and he didn't play is, is probably as well as he would have liked to have played in that in that uh, in that tournament. But, man – he laughed at himself. He was, you know, self-deprecating a little bit. Mm-hmm. And just you can just see, okay, there's the reason why everybody, you know, just just took to him like that in Buffalo, both on the field, in the organization, in the community. He's uh, he's just a good dude. You know, so we talked about it. We've referenced his book a few times, like in, in business, they talk about uh, good to great. Yeah. And the number one thing they say is first to who, then to what? The most important part of building an elite organization is getting the right people on, mm-hmm. how they build the personality or whatever. And so then when we think about the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen, a lot of our time in the draft process was like, hey, I don't know if he can do this and that. And maybe we undersold the who he was, the person, the character, the football character, that guy that gravitates and is kind of galvanizing figure. So that one thing that stands out. The other part that stands out is Josh Allen's self-awareness to me might be one of his greatest traits, his ability to look at himself. And even the first couple of years in the league, when he had those crazy moments as a thrower interceptions to be able to be like, "Ah, that wasn't so great. Laugh at himself while quietly saying, I'm going to get better Mm -hmm. and I'm going to get better and I'm going to get really good at this. I think he's that kind of guy. And so even though he may laugh it off or whatever, I think he has a level of awareness where the next time we see him on the course, he's going to be a much better player because we talk about that pride and that competitiveness. It burns deep within him. And I think those conversations and snickers and all that stuff that people talked about early in his football career helped him become a better player to now. I would say, DJ, I would say he's the new prototype because you talked about his size being ginormous with the athleticism and the talent. He's a new prototype. I think he is the new version of what you're looking for at the position. I want the guy with the plus, dimensions from a physical standpoint who also has the athleticism and arm talent to do the special stuff 
It, no doubt. Um, I was told by somebody that was out there too that he had played like 60 holes of golf in like the two days he was. He played like 30 holes of golf before that thing started that day. Like, you know, these guys are all, they're all psycho competitors, man. That's why, why they are where they are. But proving an old lesson that the more, the more you play in that game, that, that doesn't necessarily, doesn't well, matter, you, on, especially on the day of, man. Yeah, like, you, can, you can wear yourself out. So now what that might have been and what may, Josh may learn is you can't cram yeah. in golf. Like if he's going to do this event, put it on your calendar. You got to do a little bit each day. You got to get better, work on my short game, this, my that, and put it together. Not, hey, I got 72 hours to get great. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play <laughs> 72 holes and see if I can figure it out. Yeah, That's a little harder. Yeah, no, but uh, it was fun. I'll tell you what, I enjoyed as much as the uh, the event itself was the conversation afterwards. I don't think you got a chance to see that, Buck, um, but the uh, the little roundtable discussion, it was about 30 minutes long. Uh, I'm sure you probably find it on YouTube or something, but you got to go check it out if you haven't listened to it. But Ernie Johnson did a fantastic job with these four guys, just kind of kicking around some different topics. One of the things, you know, a bunch of things were, were, uh, were exceptional, but one thing that stood out to me, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Josh Allen all grew up 49er fans. Um, obviously, different ages there. But you talk about Joe Montana and Steve Young, but they grew up kind of idolizing that organization and those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of fascinating that you kind of had that that seed planted, and those are the guys that they watched uh, all growing up out in California. So here's the thing. If we go back to a conversation that people can find, they go through our archives when Joe Montana came on. I think it's fascinating that that's the guy that they idolize, right? Like mm-hmm. Niners and the way they do things. I don't remember in that conversation where Joe Montana talked about the 49er way of doing things and how they went about practice and how everything was crisp and efficient. Ball didn't hit the ground. How they had a level of professionalism that they approached the job with shirt tails tucked in, the way they hopped on and off the field and just the way that it looked and felt it was championship-like. Um, and so when you think about that model organization and the two quarterbacks, Joe Montana and Steve Young, you have the cerebral guys, the guys that played it traditionally from the pocket in Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. And then you have Steve Young, who at the time was a little unconventional because of the athleticism. You can see Josh Allen falling in love with that kind of player. Um, but I think with both of those guys, as they did for the Niners, different style quarterbacks that still fit within the framework of how the organization operated and had a ton of success. Maybe each of those guys took a little something from watching and observing those guys to figure like, hey, I don't have to be a certain way, but I still can kind of fall under the tennis of what a franchise quarterback looks like and win a ton of games. Yeah, there was a there was a bunch of other things as well um, from that conversation. One of the things that was interesting, none of these guys, I mean, these are four of the best quarterbacks in the league. Obviously, Tom's going to go down as the greatest of all time. None of them uh, were the top quarterback in their draft class. So there were other guys that were, you know, that were coveted to be the guys. So you have that kind of chip on your shoulder theme between all of them. Um, It was fascinating. Mahomes, when they talked about motivation, he he took a different approach, which probably falls in line with his personality. He said, I want to prove those right Mm -hmm. that believed in me. Whereas Aaron Rodgers was like, no, 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 I keep basically he keeps track of anybody who slighted him. And he is about, you know, using that as motivation to to achieve. Tom, I think, falls in line a little bit more with that, too. It's kind of the two old guys kind of, you know, get motivation from any perceived slights or they even kind of conjure up the stuff in their own mind. Whereas the younger guys were a little bit more, uh, you know, hey, I don't need the negative. I don't really let the negative stuff. And I think maybe. 
maybe that's the one positive of the of the social media age that we live in. A lot of it I don't really care mm-hmm. for. And I think is mm-hmm. harmful. But man, I guess you get pretty hardened if you've been kind of a a, a popular figure, a starting quarterback, and you've had that online criticism that's immediately popping into your feed, maybe you get a little bit hardened to that more so than some of the old guys who still that bugs the crap out of them. Yeah. But I also think it might be a generational thing, right? The generational thing uh, might've been old school coaching philosophies were negative before positive. What we don't do, you have to do this or uh, just kind of like a more of a negative energy mindset as opposed to the growth positive mindset, like, hey, here's what I do really well. I'm continuing to focus on this. I'm going to worry about those who make me feel a certain way as opposed to those who took shots. And it also may speak to why when we look at those guys on the sideline, it is rare that we see a Josh Allen or a Patrick Mahomes like visibly upset, whereas we see Aaron Rodgers oh, and they Tom lose their Brady mind. Yeah. kind of carry that. And, you know, look, it can work for each, but I think, it might be a lot more stressful to carry the negative energy because it can kind of maybe take you to maybe deeper depths than the other stuff if you have a different kind of approach to it. Yeah, I think you might have hit it there. I think that might be more kind of a generational thing and just how kids are growing up nowadays versus um, how they grew up and how you derive motivation, I think is kind of a fascinating case study there. Um, Some other things that were interesting, um, you know, when you're listening to those guys talk about everything, uh, one of the one of the moments of kind of levity that was kind of fun was they asked Brady, Ernie asked Brady about why he's going to go into broadcasting, you know, because that was announced he's going to eventually mm-hmm. when he's retired, he's going to go to Fox. And he said, uh, you know, look, I've had a chance to learn under the greatest coach of all time and Bill Belichick. It was interesting how he kind of went all Patriots mm-hmm. like that, you know, talked about mm-hmm. uh, learning under Bel- Belichick, talked about playing with Hall of Famers, you know, mm-hmm. Ty Law, Richard Seymour. Um, you kind of on and on about the guys he played with there in uh, in New England and said, you know, when you get a chance to go on a Friday to a practice and be able to, you know, be with Josh or Pat, maybe show them some things that help me and maybe kind of share share the game with them. He said, the game has given so much to me. I, I want to be able to give back to the game. And uh, and Aaron Rodgers said, yeah, man, you sure are getting paid a lot to give back. Huh? Has anybody ever got paid like that to give? It was a great line. It was really fun. Uh, but he kind of he kind of zinged him on that one. But I thought that was that was kind of cool. Think about these young quarterbacks having a chance to tap into the experience and the wisdom of of Tom Brady. It'd be pretty awesome. No, I think it's great. I also think it speaks to who he is. Right. Um, we had the conversation and it's a little bit unfair, but we'll use the Ryan Tannehill Malik Willis conversation yeah. as a jump off point when we talk about mentorship and, you know, I think the thing is as you get older in the game, there's a part of you that if you really love the game, you always want to see the game in a better place down the line. And so part of your obligation is to share and pass on knowledge and information to help others get better and carry the ball even farther than you carried it in terms of over the goal line. And I think where Tom Brady is now in the twilight of his career he is at that point. Now, to the point where we talk about Ryan Tannehill and Malik Willis, the younger Tom Brady might not have been evolved to that point when you have Jacoby Brissett and Jimmy Garoppolo and those guys to directly give and share of the information. But I think it is telling because when he talks about his broadcast career and what he's been exposed to, um, let me make a disclaimer. You and I are not on that level in terms of the greatest of all time, like what Tom Brady's been able to do on the field. However, I think we both have been um, 
given opportunities to learn football from higher level people, people that they would consider Ozzie Newsom's one of the greatest yeah. evaluators of all time. I can talk about like Ron Wolf and some of those other guys, but being able to take that information and share it, that's ultimately why you do it. Because in this business, it's not just about the analysis, it's about teaching and teaching and enlightening and giving those things and helping people like, hey man, look, I've done all I can do in the game. I'm give you this and you take it and do with it what you wish. I like that approach from Tom Brady. It makes me really like him that much more that he's willing to be selfless and give those other guys because look, they want it. Everyone wants to know yeah. the blueprint. How do you become the greatest of all time? I think that's great on his part. The interesting thing, and that leads me perfectly to the next topic, talking about mentorship, right? As you're just getting into, Aaron brought it up when they were talking about what the what the uh, responsibility is for these older guys to teach the younger guys. And Aaron kind of shot. He was like, "Look, I don't think the older guys have any responsibility with the younger." He said, "Now I was in." He said, "Obviously, I was with Brett Favre for three years." And he said, "One thing I did is I, as a young guy, followed him everywhere, paid attention to everything he did." Um, I remember he told a story about how he would put together notes for each opponent, like stuff that he mm-hmm. maybe have seen, and he would create a packet. And mm-hmm. uh, he said he would give it to Brett every every week, like what I've seen. And so Ernie was like, hold up. Like, did Brett use that or want that? He's all, I don't know. He, said he probably threw it in the trash can on the way out of the, out, on the way out of the room. But he said, I learned how to study kind of on my own mm-hmm. by trying to prepare mm-hmm. as a starter and then watching everything he did. He said, I would kind of sneak in the huddle behind him at practice just to listen to what he would say before he called the play. Mm-hmm. So he said, I got a full education doing that. And then Mahomes chimed in and said, you know, same type of a thing with Alex Smith. I think a lot of times people think that Alex Smith was, you know, all right, get your pen and paper out. All right, here's the lesson for today. He said, no, like I, I just was around him and observing him. And that's how I learned, you know, and mm-hmm. then maybe ask a question here or there. But I think that's maybe the disconnect. I think people think, well, is Ryan Tannehill supposed to say, okay, here's today's lesson, you know, sit mm. down, Malik, here's what we're going to go over. Here's how you do this. He's like, no, no, it's just being accessible and saying, hey, you know, we're going to be in here together. Watch what I do. Watch how I work. Watch what I do before practice. How do I maintain my body? What do I do mm-hmm. with nutrition? And then if we're in there watching tape and you want to fire off a couple, hey, why did you do this or what did you see here? Yeah, I'm sure Ryan Tannehill is going to answer that question. Yeah, so DJ, um, I think you were uh, you were on vacation actually when the Tannehill thing popped, yeah, right? Yeah, I think yeah. you're away. So on uh, Total Access, somebody talked about it, and I talked about mentorship is earned, yeah. right? So when I was a young player, I was playing for the Kansas City Chiefs. I just got there. James Hasty was an all-pro corner. James Hasty was playing at like the highest level at the time. And so what Hasty did for me is he waited a long time before he shared. He just kind of let me do my thing. But much like you talk about Pat Mahomes and those guys, I watched his every move because he was so consistent in how he did stuff or whatever. And so finally he said, hey, man, here's what we're going to do. We always watch film on Tuesdays. I want you to come in at 8 o'clock. I'm going to come in at 9, 930. When Mm -hmm. I get in at 930, I want you to give me notes on what you've seen on who we're playing. So we're playing Mm -hmm. Seattle, Joey Galloway, whatever. I would say, hey, man, Joey Galloway likes to run these routes and this and that or whatever. Mm-hmm. But what it did is that began the conversation. So much like Aaron Rodgers gave those notes to Brett Favre, but what it did, it made me think mm-hmm. differently. And you actually learn more by doing than someone saying, hey, take your pen out. This is what you're going to do. But what it did, it, it helped. And so when guys are talking about, I think the only thing that we want from a front office standpoint, when you have the vet quarterback and the young guy or the young player and the older player, 
is I just don't want you to shut him off. Yeah. I'm not saying, I'm not saying, hey, he's your responsibility to baby him. Don't ice but, him. Right. But if he does have a question, it would help the team if you would help him. If he shows you that he's serious about going about his business, then mm-hmm. open it up and give it to him. That's the culture of the program. But I don't expect you to hold his hand and carry him along and say, hey, Johnny, this is what we're supposed to do. You just want it to be open enough that you are willing to share if he earns the right to be shared with. Yep, it's it's so true. Um, so I, I think that was a it was a great discussion. If you had had a chance to listen to it, go find it uh, and listen to those guys. Really, uh, really entertaining. Nice work by Ernie Johnson on that as well. All right, let's take a quick little break, and we're going to come back. We're going to draft some edge rushers. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. 
They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. All right, Buck. Uh, I have fun uh, coming kind of up with these different ideas of ways we can do draft stuff. So I think mock drafts are fun. Um, but I think doing it with with the NFL stuff in the offseason, it's good. Mm-hmm. It's good uh, conversation starter, I guess, uh, so to speak. So we're going to do let's just do edge rushers today. So Aaron Donald's out of the mix. We can't draft Aaron Donald, but let's just do edge rushers. And then we'll kind of do you want to do uh, you want to do five a piece today? Just, just, you know, we'll, we'll do five we just, you know, now you always give me the first round, first pick. So I'm going to give you the first pick on this one. OK, so you get the first pick. The board is yours. You get an opportunity to take the. Top pass rush that you deem in this this mythical exercise that we're doing in terms of building a team full of pass rush. Okay, I've got it's tough because I got a couple guys I love, but I, I there's three that I think are above the group, so I'm stoked I'm going to get two of them either anyway I cut it. So I'm going to go <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with Miles Garrett with my first pick. Um, I, I don't even want to mention any other names. I'm just hopeful that somehow I'm going to get my next guy on the list. But Miles Garrett is the prototype. You know the the size, the length, the get off, the bend, the power. He has everything. So, um, you know, when he's out there and healthy and on the field, he's uh, he's somebody that completely take over and dominate football games. So I'll go with Miles Garrett with my first pick. You know, I like that. I am not surprised. You've been a huge Miles Garrett fan from the time we cast eyes on him when he was at Texas A and M. Look, he, he's he's look, he's a freak show. He's a freak show because he's the prototype, right? Like we yep. all want the guy that. Um, can leap buildings in single bound and do all the things that they can do as an athlete. And so I am all about Miles Garrett. I will give you that. My pick, my number one pick is going to be a little different because I don't think this guy is the prototype, but I don't believe that you can ignore the production from TJ Watt. Yeah. TJ Watt over a five-year period, 72 sacks, 22 forced fumbles, right? So, DJ, when we think about the game and we always talk about closers and can you close the game out and can you make the play when the play is there to be made, when you need the play to be made, T.J. Watt is, is proven that. And when you go and you just look, and I, I'm, I'm just thinking about how he's able to do it because, did you remember the question when he was coming out? He's a bit of a one-year wonder. Like yeah. his production his final season at Wisconsin, you're like, yeah, I don't know. Is he really a first-round pick? And then four seasons where he has well over double-digit sacks. Last year he ties Michael Strahan's record. And you just see the energy, the relentlessness, all of that effort. He just is great, plus with the technique. So I'm going to take him. He is my top pass rusher. That's who I'm taking. All right. Uh, 
that was my debate there with the number one overall pick was going to be TJ Watt versus Miles Garrett. I watched TJ Watt's sacks the other day. I went through all of them. Not a lot of freebies in there, Buck. I mean, it is <laughs> it is every which way possible. It is it is speed to finish. It is working power. It's counter moves. I mean, he's he's got everything. Um, he can really bend. His story reminds me so much of Clay Matthews. Where mm. everybody and I, I you're mm-hmm. probably in the same boat I was. We all loved Clay Matthews, but it was like we felt like we loved him, but because of kind of the maybe the limited production or role he had at USC, like you could only push him up so high, and so you pushed him up, and he ended up going kind of late one. And same with TJ Watt. And then at the end of the day, like man, if I would have just given him a grade based off of the skill set, yeah. and then thought that this was going to come together, this everything was there. You could see everything. It was just maybe the numbers hadn't followed him at that point in time. But sure enough, I mean, gosh, Clay Matthews had a great career, and, and T.J. Watts is taking that to another level. So that's a good pick. All right, my second pick, I'm going to go Nick Bosa. Ooh, I'm not surprised. So, so Nick Bosa is the best leverage rusher in the NFL, in my opinion. Um, he just gets underneath guys. You see how powerfully built he is in, in the lower. Um, but, Buck, when he's out there, Again, he's another one you've seen. My, my thing with pass rushers, can you take over a game? Can you close out a game? You mentioned being closers. <laughs> I've seen this dude do it. I've seen him take over playoff games. I've seen him take over big games. Uh, he's a nightmare to block. So I'll go with uh, with Nick Bosa. Oh, DJ. So now I'm stuck, right? I'm stuck because the next guy I want to say, here's the dilemma that I have. I have to determine, do I want to make it a brother's Bosa and going back to back? Do I take Joey Bosa right after his brother Nick had gone, even though Joey Bosa is probably insulted that the younger brother goes ahead of him? (laughs) Or do I go elsewhere? Um, I'm going to go with Joey Bosa because the age is the difference to me. He's 26 years of age. He is a guy who has proven to be like a technical marvel when it comes to being off the edge. Injuries have gotten in the way and kind of impacted some of the production. But look, four of his six seasons, he's been in double digits. You see him each and every week and the impact that he has on the game. And I just can imagine when he has had the opportunity to play what I call a credible threat on the other side, he dominates the game because then he sees maybe more one-on-ones. Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa, both of them, obviously, like it's the family business. Yeah, I can't wait to see what he does uh, this season with Khalil Mack on the other side. And, uh, you know, if he if he's out there for 17 weeks, you're going to see big numbers from Joey Bosa. So I, I love that pick. I'm going to stay in the division, Buck. Yeah, I'm going to go with Max Crosby with my next one. Ooh. Max Crosby, and I see that doing the Charger games up close and personal here. He's 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 a condor, man. I think that's what Baldy has referred to him as. But he is <laughs> so long and uh, and just has a real knack uh, to finish. So he hits you with that long arm. He can separate from you, create some space, and then close and finish as well as anybody. Um, I think Max Crosby's really is – a talented a rusher as we have in the NFL right now. So I feel good getting Max Crosby round three. Okay, so I'm I'm going with it. I like Max Crosby, and I think he is really going to be the beneficiary of the guy that I am taking, the arrival of Chandler Jones. Okay. Chandler Jones forces me to kind of go outside of my normal comfort zone because he's 32 years of age. That said, guy has well over 100 sacks. He has 33 forced fumbles. When you watch him play, man, it just it doesn't seem like Father Time has caught up with his game. He can win with speed and power. He can win with technical savvy. He can hit you off the right or off the left, which some guys are not able to do. To me, he is kind of like what you want your pass rusher to evolve in over a 10-year career. Chandler Jones is my pick. He's my third choice. 
All right, this next one here, um, I'm kind of going to cheat on this one a little bit, Buck. I'm going <laughs> to cheat on this one because this dude is not even a full-time edge rusher. Oh, I know where you're going. But as a part-time edge rusher. Star power. I know where you're going. He, this dude could get 20 sacks if you let him rush. Go ahead. You can say it. You know where I'm going. Uh, you got to start on the helmet. Michael Parsons. I'm going Micah Parsons. Oh, Micah Parsons, I'll take him in the fourth round, even though he's a part-time edge rusher. He's going to get me double-digit sacks every year as a part-time rusher. And if they want to kick him out there and let him do more of it, um, and they've got a little bit better linebacker depth this year, maybe he does get some more opportunities to rush. This dude gets you. He, I swear to you, if you just let him rush, he'll get you 20 sacks. He's that he's that talented and that gifted coming off the edge. He reminds me a lot, and we've talked about it, of your former teammate, Derek Thomas, when you just watch him rush off the edge. He has a knack for it. And there's something that is natural to the way that he comes off, how disruptive he is. All the edge. He kind of has like a little bull in a china shop game, but it works. Uh, it's funny because now you're talking about a natural pass rusher and those things. I think one of the things that we may not talk enough about when we're evaluating pass rushers is like effort and relentlessness. This yeah. guy falls into that category. And I'm going to take Trey Hendrickson at this point okay. because – the first season when he got double-digit sacks in New Orleans, a lot of it was, yeah, yeah, but that's a little easier because he's playing opposite of Cam Jordan. He then goes to Cincinnati, and he steps into the number one role, and he does it again and puts up big numbers. So now, and watching him and watching how he plays, I'm kind of believing, like, hey, man, you know, this guy just kind of has a way of outworking and outmaneuvering people. Yeah, like, we can talk about whether he's an A-level athlete or not, but, like, he just kind of has it all when it checks the boxes. This is a guy that I think we're going to consistently talk about being right on the edge or in the mix of the leaderboard. Trey Hendrickson is my pick. I'm going to take him fourth. Trey Hendrickson, we're going to go fourth with him. All right, I've got him. All right, so my last pick here. Man, I can go in a lot of different areas. It's hard, right, because because the normal names that we're used to talking about. Vaughn Miller's still out there. Yeah. The normal names that we're used to talking about, they're getting older. And so as we're talking about it, you're like, uh. Where do I want to go? Man, you know me. I always like to lean young. Um, mm-hmm. That's what makes it tough. Man. Um, I've got some young. I've got, I, I love my Micah Parsons pick a little outside the box. Man, I, Hassan Reddick is a good one. Yeah. Uh, we've seen Shaq Barrett doing on a big stage. You know, gosh. Mm-hmm. You know what? And I, man, man, I think I'm going to go, I think I'm going to go young and I'm going to bet on this being a futures pick here. I'm going to go with Jalen Phillips for my last pick. Way off the board. Like I got to go way off the board. And this is, I know, I know. Look, he had eight and a half sacks. I think he had eight and a half sacks last year, but this is, this is about the future. And this is about somebody who just when you look at how, how he's built and how he can bend, um, man, he's, if you're going to kind of build a pass rusher, you'd want him to kind of look like Jalen Phillips. So that one's a wild card. I get it. There's a, there's a, there's a lot of other names out there, more accomplished players, but that's my, that's my gamble. I'm going to gamble on the come a little bit there with Jalen Phillips. Yeah. So look, you talk about gambling on the come, you talk about the young guy who has potential and those things. And here, here's where we're, we're at, right? Because where we are, because now we're rattling off 10 top pass rushers. You're now in the mix of, do I want the old guy who might be in the twilight of his career and maybe beginning to come down, or do I want to bet on the young guy 
who really has kind of shown flashes. Cam, jo- Cam Jordan's still out there, too. Yeah. That's another flashes, one. Flashes another of good being one. able to, to get it. But then, like, when we talk about Cam Jordan, we're like – Robert Quinn. Oh, yeah, Robert, but they're, they're older, DJ. Yeah, and Robert as Quinn had a zillion sacks last he year. He did, but they're older. Like, yeah. how often do we want to go there? Okay, so now I'm stuck. I'm stuck because I kind of have to do that because I just poo-pooed on your older guys, right? Cam yeah. Jordan, who normally would be in the mix. Uh, Robert Quinn, who had a phenomenal year. Just talk about Vaughn. waking it up. Vaughn Miller, who, look, show flashes of being able to be the closer down the stretch. Hassan Reddick, who you talked about. Look, back-to-back years where he's put up big numbers. <sighs> okay. So I have to gamble on upside. And – there are a couple guys that I'm stuck with. I got Rashawn Gary for the Green Bay Packers, yeah. who is in the conversation. Um, I have Harold Landry from the Tennessee Titans, who has kind of come on, and he's like one of those pets that I just can't shake. Like, I just loved him when he was in college and, and that stuff. But then, you know, man, there, I think- you know there, there's another name out there, by the way, who's coming off of a very down year, who's a young player who was phenomenal as a rookie. And oh, who's that? Who's that? Did, who's that? Did, who's that player? I don't know. Did nothing. Players. Did nothing. Chase Young. Oh yeah, like a yeah, out of sight, out of mind. That's unfortunate. You know, what that I is mean? unfortunate. Yeah, that's unfortunate because look, he has all the traits. He he did, he did flat. So here here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna give him his due because this guy has back to back seasons where he's been able to do it. And You're I'm gonna, gonna go Hassan Reddick. I am gonna go Hassan yeah. Reddick because it's unconventional. DJ, it's hard to ignore. 23 and a half sacks, back-to-back years, even though the body type is not traditional, 6'1", 235. He gets to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go Hassan Reddick as my fifth pick, and I'm saying that knowing that I typically go with like prototypes and those things. No, but I, I can't ignore what he's been able to do the last couple of years. And so it's a right-now league, and right now he's been one of the top pass rushers, so that's where I'm going to go. What's kind of funny is you look at it, if we if we did kind of a – my first rounder versus your first rounder went all the way through all five rounds, right? It's, it's kind of hilarious because you've got Miles Garrett and TJ Watt, same division. They play each other twice a year, both tons of production. <laughs> you've got that connection. Round two, it's the Bosa brothers. It's a family affair, Nick versus Joey. <laughs> then you get to round number three, teammates, Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. Um, so you've got that, that going. Then you get to round four, you've got Micah Parsons and Trey Hendrickson. Um, you know, I don't know what the really the connection is there between those guys. Maybe you you talk about uh, uh, Big Ten, right? Trey Henderson. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, where'd Trey Henderson go? Why am I blanking on that? No, Trey Henderson went to Florida. And, like, oh no, no, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. I, right. I was thinking he was a Purdue. You're right, you're right, you're right. So I don't know what the connection is there. And then finally, the last one, Jalen Phillips and Hassan Reddick, kind of both, you know, have solid production, but we're betting that even more is ahead of them going forward. Yeah, it's tough because literally, I wanted to think about the young guy who could really pop and explode. And it's tough because the guys that we're getting to now are more of your one-year wonders. There'll be some conversation about Brian Burns, but we talk about some of that production coming on blown assignments and those things. Um, Matt Udon was a guy that I considered had a big year for the Patriots, but um, I don't know. Like we haven't seen a guy for the Patriots do it back to back to back since Chandler Jones. And so yeah. As we go, I'm sure they'll let us Brian know. Brian Burns sure is an interesting one because we will. We'll get hit on Brian Burns because the sacks have been there. But mm-hmm. you go look look up win percentage on him. Like just he's actually beating a block. He was like – I don't even think he was in the top 100. Like I think he was like 101 or something like that. Um, 
So, and I think we, we, we've been there, done that. There's a lot of sacks on air there, but anyways, that's, uh, that's what we came up with. I've got miles Garrett, Nick Bosa, Max Crosby, Micah Parsons, Jalen Phillips. You've got TJ Watt, Joey Bosa, Chandler Jones, Trey Hendrickson, and Hassan Reddick. A fun exercise there, Buck. Anything, uh, anything you want to add before we roll out of here? It's been a fun one. No, it's been a fun one. I like, I like doing these things. I think what it made us do right there with the pass rushers made us really look. You know, it's one of those things, DJ, we talk as scouts. You need to look and see who's playing in the league. When you look at the list, some of the names at the top of the list are not the names that we've been talking about the last five or six years. New guys, yeah. new energy, new blood at pass rush position. Yep, there you go. Um, all right, that's going to do it for us today. Hope you guys have enjoyed it. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. Uh, we'll catch you next week right here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.